0: Done.
1: You okay, <clears throat> Mark Warshauer is a professor at the University of California, Irvine, and he has a joint appointment in the um, Departments of Education and Informatics. and He was the primary researcher for 1 to 1. Laptop program initiative of which, of which the study that I'm presenting is just one small aspect. What I call a subunit of the much larger study. Uh, Mark co-authored several journal articles that report the findings on the full larger study. Doug Grimes was one of his former. Ph.D. students in informatics and he was a member of the research team and the qualitative statistics that are reported in this study were his baby. And he has just enough um, statistics to keep me on my toes, I was the stats person for this research study that I'm reporting this evening. And finally, Kurt Sur um, is the primary author of the study, and he is currently the principal of Newport Heights Elementary, and he joined the team evaluating this one-to-one laptop program initiative while he was a student completing his education doctorate there at UCI. And the data set that um, is reflective of the analysis that I'm going to present, it forms the basis of the quantitative findings. Um, and me, I would say uh, I'm a self-professed jack-of-all-trades, I do many things, um, but for in terms of this study, I was the statistician and did that portion of the, the um, write-up in the journal article. I was not involved in the larger one-to-one laptop. Uh, program evaluation, but Kurt, being a friend and colleague of mine, um, and by the way we were both enrolled in the UCI doctoral program together, um, he asked me if I would go ahead and analyze this data and prepare it for a publication, and so that is my connection to the larger study. So. Um, You ask, why study one to one laptop access in schools? Well, several years ago, before Kurt was a principal, he was a fifth grade teacher in a low socioeconomic status, high um, percentage of English language learners at his school site. And he noticed that incoming students had poor reading and reading comprehension skills. And that fact is um, well supported in the literature. In fact, the National Center for Education Statistics found that about 30% of all fourth graders failed to achieve reading proficiency on standardized tests. And I think that's huge, that's almost one-third of our fourth graders. So in the school where Kurt was teaching, one of the teachers was piloting a one-to-one laptop program, and Mark Warschauer was the primary researcher for that study. what I, wa- I should say is um, that is not the, the um, pilot, the one-to-one laptop program that I'm presenting the data on. It's in a totally different school district and um, came uh, later. So fast. so Kurt was. The, the uh, fifth-grade teacher at that time, Kurt, was fascinated by the potential of one-to-one laptops, possibly ameliorating the dismal statistics that um, were being reported on the fourth-grade um, fourth graders' reading, uh, in, speci- in um, specific reading, but in general, their performance on English language arts in the California state tests. So fast forward now several years later, uh, Kurt chose to do his research for his doctoral dissertation on one-to-one laptop programs, and part of um, the requirements is writing the dissertation. So uh, he was conducting this research, and um, to support his hunch when he was doing his literature review for his dissertation, he found broad consensus in the research literature uh, that supported one-to-one laptop programs as a means for creating a favorable environment for literacy development. So um, the research had a potential, the research we did here, had a potential for finding a statistical relationship between the one-to-one laptop program, um, and students participating in that, and academic achievement in the area of English language arts. Okay, so moreover in the literature over the last 20 years, we find that computer access has become relatively ubiquitous with student computer ratios dropping and the data that we found in 1983, the ratio was 168 to 1 or approximately rounding that to 170 to 1, but More recently in 2005, that ratio has dropped to approximately rounded four computers, uh, four students for every computer. So I guess that begs the question with a four to one ratio, how can one justify the expense in hardware, infrastructure, and training? of a one-to-one laptop program, especially in California, and I'm sure that's true elsewhere in the U.S. where we have very tight education budgets. So really there needed to be an evaluation of a one-to-one laptop program or there needs to be evaluation of one-to-one laptop programs because educational administrators and policy makers, they need that hard evidence of the effectiveness of a program. Of like a one to one laptop program in terms of teaching and learning. One of the semi urban school districts in Southern California decided to embark on this new one to one laptop program initiative, which we're reporting on, and invited Mark Warshauer to conduct an evaluation of that program. Now, Mark, at um, had assembled a team of eight researchers, and um, he had formed a collaborative partnership with that school district and the research team. Uh, that was important because there was no funding provided for this project at all, and so everyone um, was a volunteer, including teachers that were providing the one-to-one laptop instruction and all the researchers. Now the The thing that was important for Mark and his team was that in exchange for their research time and expertise in doing the evaluation, they had full access to the one-to-one laptop program, uh, full access to the classrooms, to the teachers, and they were given permission to publish freely and to present the findings in various venues, which one of them is presented here in the Journal of Technology learning and assessment where this article uh, was published. This portion of the um, study that I'm presenting, it's only a small portion of the larger study, um, was conducted over a period of two years and it included three school sites and it used a mixed methods approach. The primary quantitative um, data were the standardized test, the California standards test, and we are looking specifically at the English language arts portion of the California standards test. We used a case study design for the qualitative portion of the program evaluation and relied on data collected by three methods. We used surveys, uh, We researchers went in and did observations, and then as well interviews with both the teachers and the students. So we uh, were triangulating the data from many different uh, um, angles. Okay, so participants, as I had mentioned, there were three schools in this study, and one of the schools, in one of the schools, all the fourth graders participated in, the, in a one-to-one laptop program. In another school, half the fourth graders participated in the one-to-one laptop program initiative. Um, they were full classes, but there were several classes, and some of the classes did not participate in the final school, none of the classes participated in the one-to-one laptop uh, program. And we wanted to make sure that the students that we included in the laptop sample met three criteria. The first one was that the students had to have participated in the one t- one laptop program initiative for both years while they were in the fourth grade and in the fifth grade. And the second criterion was they stayed at the same school site for both those years. And the last one that they took the English language arts portion of the California Standards Test in order for us to have a complete data set on them. And actually using just these three criteria, we lost over half of the students that had participated in the um, laptop program over the period of two years. There were 115 students, so that means that they might have been there for the first year and they left, or they came in the second year and missed the first year, but there were 115, and then when we applied those three selection criteria and um, pulled out just the students that met those three, there were 54 students in our final um, sample of laptop participating students. Then what we did is we um, took the other students, the students that were in that school that had no fourth graders uh, participating in a one-to-one laptop program, and then there's that one school that half the classes participated and half didn't. So, all those students were put into a pool, all the non laptop students, and we randomly drew out 54 students so we would have a matched group. So, just to tell you what our participants looked like, including both the laptop and the non laptop students, um, in the final data set we had 108, and there were 50 three males and 55 females. There were actually um, 50 Asians and 49 whites, and what was uh, one thing interesting to note is that there were actually twice as many Asians in the laptop group as, um, and twice as many whites in the non-laptop group, so it just worked out that way. The other thing is, in both the laptop and non laptop groups, approximately 79% of the students' parents were college graduates. (coughs) Excuse me. Now, there were only a handful of Hispanic students, I think it was seven if I recall correctly, and um, there was only one English language learner, so there wasn't significant representation of those subgroups to do any type of sub analysis. Uh, additionally, I should mention that in the laptop group there were 12 students that were participating and enrolled full-time in a gifted and talented education program, and we included GATE, or gifted and talented education, as one of our variables since um, we felt that they would probably be performing much higher, and we wanted to make sure we could control for that. what did we find? Okay, so eight teachers took a survey and one of the questions we asked was how often do the students in your class use their laptops to do the following? And the response choices are at the bottom along the x-axis. And I should also mention the average score. Uh, how you can interpret is on the far right, right there's a little a key there. So by far what we found that the highest average reported activity that the teachers were reporting were that students were engaged in writing. And they were writing approximately once a day using their laptops and the average score was 4.88 which equates to almost once a day. Another frequent activity was looking up information on the internet, whether it was through a general internet search or some other type of education-oriented source like WebQuest or NetTrekker. so those next two bars. And the students engaged in those activities a few times per week, and that is the 4.0 score, average score. The least frequent activity over here on the far right that students were engaged in is taking tests or quizzes. And on average they reported that um, they did that less than once per week. Okay. So we also wanted to find out what were we asked the students very similar questions and had them take the survey because we wanted to check, you know, here's what the teachers are reporting, does it, in fact, um, match what the students are reporting. But we also uh, broke up the student survey data to what was happening at school, and in the next slide, I'll report as to what's happening at home. And at school, consistent with what the teachers replied in their survey, was that students were um, engaged in, most frequently, in writing papers and actually browsing the Internet. And they were doing this um, several times a week and you have a score of 4.104, an average score for writing papers and 3.9 was the average reported score for browsing the internet. So it it is roughly several times per week they were reporting doing that activity at school. The students also reported the least frequent laptop use was taking tests and quizzes and they said they also Did this less than once per week. Now at home the students again use their laptops most frequently for writing papers and browsing the internet. Uh, But notice that it's less frequently than they did at school and they reported writing papers 3.62 3.62 was the strength of that, which would be several times per week, but not quite, the. I think it was 4.1 in the prior screen. Um, one thing that I did find interesting, and you'd have to go to table eight of our article, and um, we were looking at instant messaging. These students are um, nine and ten-year-olds that we were surveying, um, starting in fourth grade, and roughly about 25 percent of those students reported instant messaging daily to their friends at home. And uh, 17 percent reported that they instant messaged more than an hour a day at home to their friends. And again, you'll need to look at table eight. And I just thought that that was really a sign of the time where we're going with high technology use and uh, students being uh, very tech savvy and very comfortable with using technology. OK, so the interview data. The one school where all fourth grade classrooms participated in the one-to-one laptop program was uh, brand new. And so the teachers that were hired, actually it opened the year that the program, the one-to-one laptop program was implemented. So the teachers that were hired to teach in those fourth grade classrooms, they were hired if they expressed a special interest in using technology and laptop for instruction. And in the second school that only half the classes were using the One to One Laptop, or, or participating in the One to One Laptop program, those student, those teachers, I should say, they had previously ex- expressed a high interest in using technology, and that's important because if you're going to an, an adopt um, a program like this, you want to have the teachers really gun-ho and excited about using this technology and incorporating it in their um, instruction. It certainly will affect the data if the teachers are resistant and do not want to be using laptops for instruction. In the teacher interviews, (coughs) the teachers reported that they required students to use their laptops daily for learning in language arts, science, and social studies, and they used the laptops less frequently for math. Specifically, some of the things that I found or we found very interesting is that teachers in the laptop classrooms reported high levels of student engagement and enthusiasm. Students enjoyed using multimedia, searching the internet, and writing papers on the computer, and that the teachers actually noticed students wrote longer papers and were more willing to revise and actually did revise more. In the student interviews, what we found was that approximately 84% of the students reported preferring to learn with the laptops, and they reported that schoolwork became more interesting once they received their laptops, and 72% reported or approximately 72 percent reported revising and editing their work more. For the qualitative findings, we used six standardized test scores as the outcome or the dependent variables. In California, the state standardized test has five English language arts subtests, and there I won't read them, they're listed here. Um, one thing I should mention that this writing conventions is there's a typo, it should be written in oral language conventions. And as well, there is a combination of all those subtests into one larger score, um, which is a total English language arts score. We selected for our independent variables, seven variables, and the one-to-one laptop participation, that variable was the variable we were most interested in. And um, I'm going to probably refer to -to one-to-one laptop participation as the treatment, although we did a quasi-experimental design and you hear the term treatment used most often when you're doing, excuse me, um, some type of experimental design, um, I'm going to use it here just so that I don't have to keep repeating one-to-one laptop participation. So I'll say um, being in the treatment group, for example. We also used gender, ethnicity, parent education, which we were able to use as a proxy measure for the um, socioeconomic background from which the students came, which school, remember, there were three schools, and then um, gifted and talented education. If a student was enrolled in the gifted and talented education program, then we use that variable. Okay. We used students third grade standardized test scores to compare the future laptop students pre-treatment, that's before they actually got issued their laptops, with the non-laptop student group. And what we found is in the baseline data before the treatment was introduced, there were no significant differences between the students that were going in the laptop group and those that were not going in the laptop group. No differences between males and females in the group. No differences between the two ethnicities that are represented, represented in the sample. And parent education did not have an impact either. Now. <clears throat> What I want to say is that we did continue to include parent education as one of the variables because in some of the research that we found, a fellow by the name of Siren, he had suggested that parent education level was a strong to moderate, or played a strong to moderate effect on academic achievement, so we felt it's important to keep that in. And we also looked at the three different schools, whether there were um, differences in the performance of the students at the different schools. There was only one variable which had or showed a significant difference and that is the difference between students who were in the GATE program and those that were not and it only occurred for total English language arts score. None of the subtest data were significant. I apologize, I'm getting over a cold, so it just popped in a cough drop. So before I go on and tell you exactly what we found when we analyzed the data, I should provide some background information to allow us to put the charts that I'm going to show into some type of perspective because what you're going to find is that for total ELA you're going to see that the bar on the chart goes really high or sinks really low, but remember that the range um, which I'm showing here for total English language arts is 450. Whereas for the two subtests of literary response and analysis, the range is nine, and for writing strategies the range is only 15, so you have much smaller ranges for the subtest. Also another thing that I wanted to mention is that we are really focusing only on change scores. We aren't using the raw scores. We wanted to check whether there was um, a difference in the academic growth from one year to the next. So when we talk about one year of laptop participation or one lap of tr- one year of treatment, what we did is we took the students 2005. California standards test scores and minus the 2004 scores and that was the baseline scores before they anyone entered, any student entered into the laptop program. And so year 2 would be the 2006 CST scores, California standards test scores minus the 2005 scores and then we did take a combined look out over two years taking the 2006 which is the final year of the test that we were using for our data and subtracted the baseline okay so <clears throat> this chart reports the difference in academic achievement be- between the laptop and the non-laptop group only in any of the information or charts that I'm going to present, I'm only going to show the test scores which yielded a significant difference in one or more of the years that were under study. But in the full study, we report all the um, the different subtests and the total English language art scores. If you're interested, the actual change scores. I'm only reporting the differences here. The actual change scores are in table 16 of our article. So what we found is that after one year of uh, being in the treatment group, the non-laptop students achieved more growth than the laptop students in total English Language Arts. So that's this um, bar going down to, going down negative 7.11. This shows that there was a negative difference. So, for example, on average the laptop using students, what they had was 20 growth, points of growth. So they actually had positive growth. But the non-laptop students, had 27 points of growth. So um, when you take the laptop students and minus the non-laptop students scores, then you get that negative 7 and that's showing that the laptop students, although they had positive growth, they did not have as much growth as the laptop students did not have as much growth growth as the non-laptop students. Now, having reported that there was growth in both the laptop and the non-laptop groups, then that would signal to us that we found no evidence of the fourth grade slump, which is one of the reasons why um, Dr. Sir actually wanted to um, you know take on this study, so if there was A fourth grade slump, you would think that the non laptop using students would not make progress in the area of reading comprehension or in the area of the language arts subtests. But that's not what we found. Also, after two years, of laptop program participation, we found a totally different picture. Now the laptop using students or the treatment group actually did better than the non treatment group. Okay. So that occurred in the total English language arts test score as well as um, two subtests the literary response and analysis and writing strategies. A couple of other noteworthy differences we found in the data were that after year one of being in the treatment group, there appeared a significant interaction between the parent education, the parent's education, and the treatment group or those that use, participate in the laptop program. And it manifests itself in higher growth scores for the laptop-using students on literary response and analysis, and that's reported in Table 11. So, what is literary response and analysis? is where students listen and respond to stories regarding, um, you know, characters, themes, plots, and settings. And I'm going to, um, you know, do a little bit of interject a little bit of discussion here, even though I'm. Really, still reporting the findings and say that we speculated that the parents with more education may be better skilled or more consistent in, you know, talking to their children about what they've read or um, things like that. And parents who maybe from a very young age engage their children by asking them questions about the details of the stories they may have read to their children and thus helping them learn or develop those skills, those foundational tools, which helps them do well in literary response and analysis on the subtest later. Additionally, um, parents with a better education generally enjoy a higher socioeconomic status and perhaps these more affluent parents have a stay-at-home parent looking after one of the children that are able to provide more opportunities for this literacy development than parents who perhaps may both need to work in order to make ends meet. And um, I was talking to a friend of mine who is is a librarian at the library just up the street from where I live. And uh, she offers a toddler story time, a preschool story time, and a family story time. Besides just reading the storybook to the children, she asks questions about the stories and engages them in other activities and So this would help in developing that literary response and analysis and I asked her what type of children um do you see there and um these sessions are during the work day and they provide an, ex- an excellent opportunity for the youngsters to develop their literacy response and analysis skills. And she said that the attendees she notices are generally from more affluent uh, backgrounds and where the um, mom or the dad uh, isn't pressed to get to a job and they can um, bring their toddler or young child to these activities. A second significant finding is that over the two years of the laptop program participation, the treatment students scored significantly better than the non-laptop students on the 2 subtests of literary response and analysis and um, writing strategies. And um, as I indicated on the pr- previous slide, most of the growth is attributed to year two of the laptop program participation. Now, this finding um, that I've just clicked on the combine is not reported in the the journal article. Um, we only found it later after it was um, well. We knew about it, but it, we missed it when we were. Um, writing up the the original manuscript and we um, checked the galleys before it went for publication, so I'm letting you know here. Okay, so the statistical test that we used to find the differences. For example, the T-Test, ANOVA and MANOVA. you don't really need to know what those are, but those tests really are limited to telling us were there differences in the group. We didn't want to stop at just that. We wanted to see if the data could tell us whether the independent variables could be used to predict growth in English language arts. So the um, statistical test for doing this is called multiple regression and it allows you to identify which predictors are significant to predicting your outcome measure and so in the slide that you see there, we were looking at predicting the um, change, the total ELA change score. So. The independent variables that we used were the three that I had reported, that I had said we would use, parent education, GATE, and the most important one that we were interested in is one-to-one laptop participation, What you'll notice is that I start with year two data, and that's because there was nothing significant in the year one data. However, what we found in the year two data is that two um, predictor variables or two independent variables, participation in the GATE program and being in the treatment group, they were both significant predictors of um, total ELA change or English language art change scores. Now we also reported the effect size, that's what the ES stands for. And what that means is it means the size of, it's basically a measure of the size of the impact that this particular predictor, so it has an effect size of 0.06, what is the impact that that predictor has on the outcome measure or total ELA change score. Now in order to understand it and put it from a number into more uh, words that probably easier to understand, Cohen provides some interpretation and the effect size interpretation is there on the far right and uh, effect size 0.02 is small, 0.15 is moderate. So this is somewhere between small to moderate. What we found in the analysis of the year two subtest data participation in laptop program, these two were Again, significant predictors and as well, parent education level was a predictor of change in writing strategies, the change in writing strategies, sub, excuse me, subtest score. What you should have noticed is that um, in all three of the analysis, so the one main analysis for the total ELA and then the the two of the subtest data that the common thread or the common predictor is participation in that laptop program which was really exciting for us. And um, the effect size here are again in the small to moderate range where laptop participation had the largest, it's still a small to moderate impact on the change in the writing strategies a score. Okay, so what are the implications of our findings or of what we found in the data? Well, after one year of participating in the one-to-one laptop program, the laptop group performed more poorly on all subtests except one written in oral language conventions. And so in an earlier study, Grimes and warshauer they are two of the researchers in this study but they also published a prior study, they suggested that laptops are a disruptive technology first year of program implementation. In other words, what they were saying is that the students and the teachers are somewhat distracted from the core teaching and learning as they're learning to use that technology tool. Um, then our data also showed that there, uh, there was a positive reading comprehension growth scores of the fourth grade students. So. Whether you participated in the laptop or the non-laptop group, you had positive growth and so this implies that the fourth grade slight slump did not occur in this um, data set. After two years of program, particip- laptop program participation, the laptop students achieved higher growth scores or in the case of three um, subtest the change scores fell less than the non laptop students. Both laptop and non laptop students' reading comprehension s- scores fell, suggesting that perhaps there's, um, there was a fifth grade slump. But what was important is that the laptop group score fell less than the non laptop group. Although it wasn't statistically significant. So, in other words, what I'm saying is the laptop group, although their scores fell in reading comprehension, did not fall as far. It was close to being significant, but not quite the di- that difference. And then, by itself, laptop participation explains 3% of the variation in the change in um, English language art scores, 4% of the change in literacy analysis and response subtests, and 7% of the variation in change in writing strategies. Okay, so what are the limitations of the study? There were many of them um, that we wanted to present to, uh, and tell you um, how you have to look at our study in light of these limitations. The data did not allow us to rule out school effects. And that was important because, um, you know, each school has different funding depending on the number of, um, you know, Title I and things like that. The size of the school, teacher education, teacher experience, all those variables have been reported in various literature as impacting student achievement. Another thing is we only had whites and Asian ethnic participants, so we can't, uh, you know, generalize this or, or we don't have any insight, not generalize, but we don't have any insight into the other ethnicities which are well represented here in California like African Americans and Hispanics, for example. The sample size is small, we have to acknowledge that. Um, the duration of the study was short, it was only two years. There are other studies in the, the literature that report much longer. We um, only studied one intervention, and therefore it wasn't possible to do a, a cost-benefit analysis to find if one-to-one laptop program, as an intervention, you know, gave better results and cost less than in another type of intervention. So we weren't able to make that type of comparison. Also, there's an argument that standardized test scores are probably not the best measure for evaluating one-to-one laptop program, um, programs, but they are used and they are a standardized measure and so um, it's probably adequate to use it here. And the qualitative data relies on self report so there would be some subjectivity there finally in conclusion i wanted to just make three points that the one to one laptop program had or uh, seemed to have produced small to small to moderate effects on increasing the total english language art score and the two subtests which were significant literary response and analysis and the second subtest writing strategies it doesn't seem like laptops are the magic bu- bullet to overcome unsatisfactory English language art test scores. The laptop use or participation only explains a small percentage of the variability in the test scores. So there has to be other things pl- um, in play here that our research was not able to, you know, trap or track. And (laughs) further research is still needed to evaluate the impact of laptop programs, the impact that they have on the attainment of 21st century skills, which seems to be um, a buzzword now, students being able to think critically, be creative, learning independently and working collaboratively and using a standardized test score is probably not able to trap that, so other further research would need to be um, undertaken to, um, uh, to investigate those type of skills and what impact laptop um, participation has on those 21st century skills. So with that, I'd like to end my presentation and open it up for questions or comments.
0: Well, David, thank you. I I know you were concerned about getting over your cold, but but just an impressive, impressive presentation and and an excellent research study. Lots of questions, um, people. If you'd like to use your microphones to ask questions, the microphones are now on. Simply use the raise hand icon to indicate you'd like to grab the microphone. Uh, if you would prefer to type into the text box to ask ask your questions, uh, that's always uh, welcome. Um, One question I saw just towards the end here, were the laptops only integrated into the ELA part of the curriculum?
1: No, they were not. Um, Students had the laptops all day, and teachers reported that they integrated in the instruction and in the assignments in all of the four core um, teaching areas So that would be English language arts, science, social studies, but less frequently in math. But they also did use laptops in math as well.
0: Okay. And these are laptops coming into the regular classroom, correct?
1: They are. And they were um, given to the student and the student took them home and was totally responsible for them. So they had them 24-7.
0: Very good. Uh, Gail is asking, when was the data collected? Gail, are you asking what uh, time of year, or?
1: I think what he's talking about is what years, maybe how old um, these okay. data were, co- were collected. The baseline year was 2004, okay. so these students would have been in third grade in 2004, and then um, they had, uh, in the 2004-2005 school year, they participated in the first year of the laptop program, and then in 2005, in May, they would take the California standards test at the end of the year. So that was our first um, year of data after one year of treatment, and then the second year was the next year.
0: So. Okay. Alicia had asked a ways back in the chat box, um, how did we account for differences in the delivery of content for laptop versus non-laptop users? and Obviously, there'd be some difference in delivery, but how do you account for that in the study?
1: Uh, as I said, that was one of the limitations, um, let me see yeah. if I can back up here, um, that we couldn't rule out the school effects. For example, uh, uh, teachers, uh, well, teacher pedagogy for how they used um, the laptops or what type of strategy used in the lawn laptop group and that type of thing. We right. uh, did not have any, uh, and, and that's what I had alluded to that future studies would need to do. Um, for example, you might, if you're going to use standardized scoring. You might want to develop some type of a scoring rubric on and going in and watching the teachers and you know grading them how many points on if they use laptops in this way or if they used whiteboards and so you have to develop some type of way of standardizing that observation but we'd have to go in and do observations. Self-report data could be used as well.
0: Okay. Um, number one on that slide, the uh, effects from out of school conditions, would that include People in the control group who did have computers at home, even though they weren't part of the laptop group.
1: Absolutely. In fact, those people that were not part of the laptop, laptop group or the treatment group, it wasn't that they didn't have any computers, and you'll see that reported in the in the study that they had um, access. The, the, the school, for example, that didn't have any one-to-one laptop program, they had. And I don't remember, uh, right now I'd have to look back at the study, but they either had one or two um, carts of a class set of laptops. And they also had a lab that they could go to, but we're talking that the amount of laptop use would not be daily like the one-to-one laptop group. So and yes, in fact, if you went home and you had a computer to do. Um, all your assignments and actually do your IMing and all those other things that the students in the one-to-one laptop group um, had, then they would actually get some experience with computers, but we had no way of controlling for that.
0: Sure. And you just mentioned IMing. Um, were there Web 2.0 tools involved in this laptop use?
1: I Could you repeat instant that Instant
0: messaging or instant messaging? Um, skype um twitter were there, were there any web two technologies used by the web the I'm sorry,
1: to I didn't hear the question Walter
0: but you can't hear me Can you hear me now david
1: okay um I am not hearing somehow I'm not hearing you, but I see That's the right. i think the the question is um what web tools were used for the instant messaging, and to be honest with you, I can't tell you that. I don't know.
0: Um, Yeah, I'm sorry. I don't know. Um, Are you
1: hearing me still? I don't hear you, Walter. Okay, so maybe since I don't hear you and um, I'm still on. Are laptops being used at the high school level? Yes. In fact, what I wanted to say is um, there are there is a study that's reported in our reference list that is a report on the larger study, and so there were more schools involved, and it did cover elementary, middle school, and high school and using laptop one-to-one laptop. So I was not part of that analysis, but um, I believe it's the Grimes and Worshaw, and I'm not sure of the date, but if you go to our journal article, and it's in the references there, you can find um, more information on that.
0: Can you hear me now back? Another question? Let's see. Other questions. Que- questions for David as we're wrapping up. And can everyone else hear me? I'm not sure how much this was is my problem.
1: computer expertise measured? Okay, good. No. For Alicia, no, it was not measured.
0: Okay. okay.
1: I cannot hear you, but
0: I see all the messages, so. Okay. If you wanted to. since you can hear me, if you would just type in your messages, then I will go ahead and answer from what's typed in. If you have any other questions, if you'd enter them into the text box at this point, and uh, then we'll give David a chance to wrap things up and uh, summarize the presentation. Oh, teacher buy-in, yes.
1: Uh, As I had mentioned earlier, the teachers that were in the program, teaching the one-to-one laptop program classes, they were hired if they expressed an interest, a high interest in using one-to-one laptops for student learning and for their teaching pedagogy. At the other school, so the new school, they were able to hire teachers that did express that interest. At the existing school, they had teachers, they selected two fourth-grade teachers that had previously expressed interest and buy-in, so um, how long were the teachers trained on the integration of technology into the curriculum. Well, they were given some training before they started, and uh, I'm not exactly sure how many hours of training it was, and they were given ongoing support during the year and the second year as well. So as far as how many hours, I cannot, I don't know exactly. The standardized tests, that the California standards test are um, they're written you bubble in on an uh, answer score sheet, and then they're scored electronically. so it's not done on the laptop or on a computer to actually direct um, send that data of how the students answered on the test directly into a database so The teachers created the integration lessons, the teachers, the teachers
0: using it, overseer, the teachers using it, yes, and they um, tended to work very collaboratively, so sharing ideas. Okay, well, David, if there are no other questions, um, Would you like to close out with some final words? Oh, there's another question.
1: Were they using the same lessons or created individually based on the student's needs? That is a good question and I don't know the answer to that. I think what you're asking me is did they meet um, and maybe co-create lessons and everyone used the same lessons and that was, I don't know that.
0: And I just want to thank everyone for attending
1: the session and uh, my email address if you download the article is there in the journal article and I'd be happy to entertain any further questions or any other information that you might
0: um, want on the study and thank you again. Thanks, Walter, for being the moderator. Well, thank you, David. I'm sorry you can't hear me, but thank you. Have a good evening, everyone. Okay, as you know, as we um, finish up we do need to clear out the room so we can finish archiving. So as you finish thanking Dr. Hernandez and saying your goodnights, if you could make your way to the virtual exit, and we'll archive this excellent session and have it available. Good night.